Hey, I want to share something with you this morning um, that, that I received this morning. It's just, and, and, and I was going to pray this, but it's just better stand alone. But I, I, uh, I have a, a buddy of mine that, that is uh, suffering from a brain tumor. And, uh, and I've just spent some time with him this week and, and just to see a mighty man of God and, and, and see where, where he's at now physically. Uh, but, but more importantly, I still know where he's at spiritually and, and he's a stalwart of the faith and just an incredible, an, an incredible man. Um, he, he sent me a text message this morning at 2.14 a.m., <laughs> um, 2.14 a.m., and he's laying in his, his bed and, and, and battling this cancer, and I'm sure that as nurses and doctors come in to take care of him and help him throughout the night, I, I don't know if, if they awakened him or if the Holy Spirit of God awakened him, but he sent a message for us today. Uh, and I don't know what you were doing at 2.14 this morning, but I, I want you to know that there was a man of God that was praying for us. And here's what he sent me. He said, Jason, here's a verse with a promise that I've been praying for you and for your church this morning. It's John chapter 11, verse 40. Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? If you believed, you would see the glory of God. And so I'm praying and believing that you will see the glory of God in God's house with your people today. Preach, teach, and sing as if God's glory is coming down today. And you will experience his glory and his presence. And then prepare yourself, get ready, and shout out. If you need me to come, I'll shout it out for you. <laughs> Love that. Pray. Believe that you would see the glory of God. Wow, that's a good word, isn't it? Believing that God's glory is in this house and on your congregation today. I said it last week, I'll say it again. I've never regretted being in the presence of God. Have you? I've never, ever regretted it. If your world's been lousy this week and life just hasn't gone your way, it might just be good this week. Just try to practice his presence maybe a little bit more and see what will happen. See what will happen. I've never regretted being in the presence of the Lord. Wow, this is week number 10 in a series, um, a movement of God, I believe, called Believe. Look at Jacob Chesser up there in that picture. That's Jacob Chester. Got his hands in the air like he just don't care. I love that. Senior in high school, getting his praise on. Love that. We've been in a series the last nine weeks. We've been talking about some things that we believe. Some things that that we believe are so important for us as the body of Christ, for, for those who who believe in Christ, who call ourselves the church and Christians, some things that, that we believe are, are, are so important for us. We, we've talked about how we believe that there is one true God. He's represented through Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We believe in a God that is involved in and he cares in our daily lives. Amen. He's a personal God. That's what separates him from so many gods of the world today is our God literally came to us. And he's still involved in our lives. Has anybody felt the presence of God in their life this week? Let me see your hand. Awesome. 
We believe that salvation is in and through Jesus Christ. Aren't you thankful for that belief? That it's not about you working harder, going more, giving more, serving more, knowing more. It's been done. And we can have salvation by believing in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Amen. We believe that we can know God and his will for our lives because of something he's given us called the Bible. Hey, listen, if you're dazed and confused in this chaotic world in which we live in, can I just encourage you something? Read God's word because we believe that it holds the answers to every issue in life you'll ever face. Relationship issues, he wrote about it. Financial stresses, it's in there. You wanna know about hope when it seems hopeless? Ah, it's filled with hope. You wanna know about people to surround yourself with? He even spoke about that. Surround yourself with good people, right? Um, Everything that we need is in the Bible. You ought to read it. It's really good read, amen? We're significant because of what God has done for us and what he sees in us. We believe that God has some stuff to do. And he uses this thing called the church as his primary means of accomplishing his purposes here on earth. We believe that all people are loved by God and need Jesus Christ as their savior. For God so loved the the world. See, you know that too. We believe that there's a world that is desperately in need of the love of Jesus. Amen. We believe that God calls all Christians to show compassion to people that are in need. We believe, as we talked about last week, that everything that we own and everything that we are belong to God, right? We are simply managers. He is the Lord of the realm. Remember that illustration last week? He's the Lord of the realm. We are the managers. We are the stewards of his stuff. He's put it under our care, but it's all his. It's not ours. Our homes are not our homes. They belong to him. He's given them to us. It's his money. It's, we are his temple. It's his body. Um, and we are to use everything, steward and manage everything around us for his purposes and his glory. Amen. So today we're going to wrap up one final belief that we believe is so important for us to know um, as, as the church and as believers. And it deals with this thing called eternity. Okay. Now I'm just give you a programming note. Next Sunday, we're kind of going to shift gears a little bit. And, and, and we're going to be talking about some things that we should do as a Christian. Some things, you, you, you know this thing called the Christ life is a life of action, right? Here who, he, here, he who hears the word should do what with it? Act upon it, right? Don't just be hearers of the word, but be doers of the word. Now, I don't do the word in order to receive my salvation or acceptance, but I do the word because here's the deal. If I'm going to sing that Christ is enough and I believe that he gave me his very best, why would I just sit on him and everything that he's told me um, that, that I'm to be a part of? No, I should be a doing person, a doer of the word, right? And so next week, we're going to begin talking and shift gears a little bit, talking about what should we do with these things that we believe? What should we do with these things that are outlined in God's word? So I hope that you'll come back. It's going to be a great week. But, but before we get there, God's got a big word for us today, and it's dealing with eternity. Eternity, okay? Um, and here's our prayer for you today. 
And we're going to unpack this over the next few minutes. And hopefully you leave here with kind of a, a better understanding of what eternity is all about. And please know my heart. I'm not going to be able to teach you and solve every question that you may have about eternity. And so we want to encourage you. That's why we have things called life groups throughout the week. All of our life groups here are continuing to dive in and dig in to this very topic throughout the week. Um, And so we want to help you as you continue to flesh this out and come to an understanding of what this means. But here's the big idea for us today. I believe that there is a heaven and a hell and that Jesus will return to judge all people and to establish his eternal kingdom. Now that statement might be a little hard for some of us to swallow. I, I, I think that we like that first line that I believe that there is a heaven, right? Um, I don't think any of us have a problem with, with there being a heaven, but it's, it's two other words in that statement that, that make it difficult for some of us to swallow today. That word hell and that word judge. So today as we talk about eternity, I think it's important for us to really understand heaven and hell. Because there's something that all of us in this room have in common today. Well, there's several things, one of which is we're all going to die. I'm not trying to discourage you or be, you know, it's kind of weird for a guy to call himself Debbie Downer. I don't know what the male version of that would be. Um, but whatever the dude version of that would be, I'm not trying to be that. But the reality of that is this, is that we've got to make a choice because we're all going to die. Now, I know when we talk about eternity, it's so hard for many of us to wrap our mind around eternity because we live in a world that is so crazy and chaotic. Terry, what are you doing here? Are you kidding me? Sorry, random moment. This is one of our, golly, welcome from Florida. Anybody travel farther than Florida today? Awesome. You come the farther, so Pastor Robert's taking you to lunch today. So many of us have a hard time dealing with eternity because we live in a world that is so fast and furious, and some of us are just struggling on how we're going to make it through this day. You're you're wondering right now, what is for lunch? What football game am I going to watch? How am I going to get the kids to 12 different locations in a time span of 17 minutes tomorrow? And, and, And we're so consumed with just trying to survive the here and now, aren't we? And so, so many of us don't want to think about eternity. We, we don't want to think about something that to so many of us seems so far in the future. It's hard, but guys, it's important. It's important. In fact, I want to begin unpacking this a little bit. And I want to start in the very beginning, the very first verse of the Bible in the very first book of the Bible. The very first book of the Bible is called Genesis. And in Genesis chapter one, verse one, we find some, I think, big news says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. What did God create? The heavens and the earth. Heaven and earth, scripture says, the very first verse, the very beginning of God's word, it tells us heaven and earth were created by God. And here's what you need to know about heaven and earth when God created it. It was good. You remember that? In fact, if you read about the creation, took him how many days to create the world? Six, because on the seventh, he 
He rested. But each and every day after creation, God would look back on what he created. And he said, it is good. And on that sixth and final day, when it was all complete, he looked at it and said, it was very good. You need to know, you need to know that heaven and earth that God created were good. In fact, there are, there, there are about 200 verses in the Bible that pair heaven and earth together. They were created together. And in the beginning, they were all good. It was good. But what was good, heaven and earth, were soon torn apart. They, they, they were torn apart by something the Bible calls sin. Now, I don't know what the time frame was. I don't know how long it took, heaven and earth took, from, from being good to, to becoming torn apart from its original form and, and, and idea, the creation that God intended. I don't know how long was it, was it like that. I don't know if it was you. I don't know. But what we do know is that what was created good, heaven and earth, was torn apart by something called sin. In fact, when you begin to read the first three chapters of scripture, you're gonna find this. Sin tore heaven and earth apart. And you need to know something about this thing called sin. Sin was not a part of God's good creation. Sin flies in the face of a good God. The events and things that we saw take place in Paris the last few days, you need to know something. Those are not from a good God. They're not. And that was not his intent when he created in Genesis, heaven and earth. This thing called sin has come into our world as an intruder. It is an intruder in a good world. Sin. You see, God's authority through this thing called sin has been denied. And the things that he created, the way that he intended for us to live, the things that he set in place in those six days of all creation, they soon changed when this thing called sin reared its ugly head. This once fertile ground that, that produced all good things. There was nothing harmful, nothing ugly, nothing evil that sprang from it. When sin crept in, we know that the ground began to bear thorns and thistles. We find in these first three chapters when sin rears its ugly head that Adam blames his wife for bringing sin into the world. We find that Cain kills Abel. We find that by the time that this man Noah shows up on earth in all of creation and builds a big boat, we know that by the time he shows up on earth, scripture tells us that the whole earth, the whole earth is filled with violence. It took six chapters to get from a, from a family and a relationship with God that was good and perfect. In the next six chapters, we find a family that is filled with violence. The entire earth littered with it, being filled with violence. How in the world could something that was created good soon become so violent and ugly, hellish? That's a hellish world to live in. And it didn't come from God. God did not create hell. He created heaven and earth. He did not create this hellish way of living here on earth. That's what I'm referring to. 
God's intent was never for the thorns and thistles. God's intent was never for the killing. God's intent was never for man to be separated, for us to be pointing the finger and blaming others. That hellish lifestyle, that hellish mentality, that hellish living, that was never a part of his intention. You see, we created that. We allowed that mentality. We allowed that type of living. We allowed this this being disconnected from God, this disobedience from God. We allowed that hellish behavior to come when we decided to go our own way instead of God's. And it was this hellish mentality, this hellish way of living, this thing called sin that separated Adam and Eve. Now be careful not to just shake your head this morning saying, how in the world could they be so ignorant? How in the world could could they let something that was so good and perfect and right, how in the world could, could they let it spiral downward? What were they thinking? I think all of us would agree that hell is something that we don't want. But before we point our fingers and and blame our ancestors, can, can I just tell you something? We choose hell every day. You know that? We, we choose hell every day when we choose to do what we want without asking God what he would want us to do. We choose hell every day when, when, when we let anger have its way in our lives. We, we, we choose hell every day when, when we give into our own greed or gluttony. We choose hell every day, listen, when we allow lust to take over our lives. But please remember, God created heaven and earth. We created hell. That way of living, of disobedience, that sinful living, hellish living that flies in the face of a perfect God. Hmm. And why are we talking about eternity today? Well, because I've already told you that that that, that all of us are, are going to have to face it at some point, right? We're, we, 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 we are all going to die. In, fa- in fact, the Bible says that, that there are really only two options after death. It's, it's heaven or, or, or it's hell. You see, to be in heaven means that, that we are in God's presence and, and we have this, this perfect relationship with him and, 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 and to be in heaven is not just something that, that, that a place that we go to someday after we die, but, but I believe that it's, it's a part of the way we live here on earth even today. Are you with me on that? To, 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 to be in hell, though, is, is, is the opposite. To, to, to be in hell means that, 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 that we're cut off completely from, from a good God. We're, we're completely cut off from a God that gives good things. You see, heaven is eternal life. It's abundant life here on earth and it's eternal life with God, but hell is eternal death. It's eternal separation from God. Um, During his final night here on earth, while he was having one last supper with his disciples, as Jesus was beginning to unpack the events and trying to explain as best he could some things that were probably about to transpire, 
he, he, he shared some words with them in, in John chapter 14. He said this. He said, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in, in my father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? You see, Jesus, as he was, was sharing those words with, with his disciples, he was trying to get them to understand something. And, 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 and I believe that he wants us, as we deal with this idea of, of eternity, he, he, he even wants us today to, to begin to understand something. You see, listen, Jesus came to open heaven to all who believe in him. He came to open heaven to all who believe in him. He God created it and Jesus came to open it to everyone who would believe in him. And, 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 and just a few verses later in verse six, he, he, he told his disciples, I am the way, I am the truth and the life. No one can come to the father. You might say, no one can enter heaven. I'm opening it. I'm preparing a place for you. I'm going there and you can join me there, but no one can get there. No one can join me there except through me. So, 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 so in this, one of these options is heaven and, 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 and how can I, can I make it to heaven? It's not through you knowing more or going more. It's through Jesus and what he's done on the cross. Aren't you thankful that that doesn't rest on us? Because there is no way, there is no possible way that you and I could ever work our way towards God or, or find him in, in, in working harder. There's no way that, that you and I could, could ever attain a level of knowledge or, 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 or know-how. There's, there's no way. But Jesus made that way for us. And he's sharing with his disciples in this, this last supper, this, these final moments before the events of the arrest and the crucifixion were about to take place. He says, guys, listen, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And here's the deal. You need to know and you need to tell other people this. I'm the way. And I'm sure they must have been confused by that because the cross had not happened yet. But all oh, it would begin to make sense to them. Oh, when he would show up in that upper room <laughs> and when he would come and reveal himself. Oh, we get it. I'm the way. And that makes it very clear to me that there is a heaven and that heaven is open to everyone who would believe in Jesus. The other option, hell. And hell is also open. It's open to those who do not believe in Jesus. Listen, for some of you right now, you're, you're, you're squirming a little bit or, or, or you're having some flashbacks of some, maybe some, some sermons or teachings that you've heard about heaven and hell in your past. And for some of us, maybe we had someone explain it really well with love and compassion and they were patient, they took time, whether that be a, a pastor, a teacher, a coach, a mom or dad or a friend, whatever, and they took time and, and they, they, they did a great job. They might've even drawn some illustrations trying to explain to us heaven and hell. For some of us though, for some of us are squirming right now because we're flashing back to times in which maybe guys dressed in suits and slightly overweight with big Bibles and 
sweat profusely pouring off their forehead and veins popping out of their necks and heads. They literally tried to scare the hell out of us, didn't they? And they yelled at us. And maybe they berated and, 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 and not necessarily in a, in a demeanor of love. They, they, they really tried to put the fear of God in us. I think a lot of people have been scared into Jesus. And it's not that we're trying to scare anybody this morning. Please know my heart. That's not what I'm trying to do. I am simply trying to just present the truth to you today. That's why I'm sitting down and not screaming at you. That's why I'm not acting like a crazy man. I just simply today want you to understand the reality that heaven is real, but the reality is that hell is real as well. It is. In fact, did you know that Jesus talked about hell 162 times in the New Testament? In fact, Jesus spoke more about hell than he did heaven. It must mean that it's a reality. And that's a pretty big deal. But you need to know that just as God created heaven and earth, you need to also understand that, that, that hell is a reality as well. That is a, an option for those who say no to Jesus. But can I just tell you about this place called hell? If you go to hell, you'll go as an intruder. Because you see, hell wasn't created for you. Hell was not made for you. You, you need to know something. You are loved by God. And he created you to have a relationship with. He wants you. He wants you to spend eternity with him in heaven, not in hell. And so for those that go to hell, they go as intruders. You see, hell was a place that was created for the devil and his fallen angels and his demons. It was a place to, for, for, for those who, who would never receive the forgiveness for their sins Jesus offered on the cross, and it's a place where they will be banned forever. It's not that God sends people to hell. You need to know that. God doesn't send people to hell. People send themselves to hell by refusing to heed God's warning and receiving his gift of forgiveness for all of their sins and this gift of eternal life. Are you with me today? God doesn't send people to hell. People send themselves there. How many times has God given us an opportunity to say yes to Jesus? How many times has, has God with, withheld something, a, a, maybe a judgment or a course of action that we so deserve because he's just wanting you to say yes to his son, Jesus? He's not gonna send you there. But by refusing to heed his warning, we send ourselves there. Oh, I have more time. Do you? Do you really know that? How much time do you have left? Well, if I'm a lady, it's about 81.6 years. And if I'm a dude, it's about 74.6. Really, that's what you're counting on. Really? Tell that to my friend who's 56 and laying in a bed today with that tumor that's just engulfed his brain. Tell him that. 
I have a question I want to ask you today. Do you know if you will spend eternity in heaven? Do you know? Listen, no one gets out of this world alive. And so this is a very big question. In fact, this is probably the most important question you could ever ask yourself. In fact, did you know that that's the very reason the Bible was written? The very reason the Bible was written, it says in 1 John 5, 13, was so that you may know that you have eternal life. Did you know that? That you would know. So how do I know? If there are two options when it comes to eternity, how do I know, Jason, that I will spend an eternity in heaven? First, you need to, according to scripture, you need to realize that you're a sinner. You see, it wasn't just Adam and Eve's problem, this sinful, disobedient heart towards God, this this attitude of, I'm going to do it my way. I think that that attitude is still pretty popular in our culture today, don't you? And one of the first ways that you can answer that you will know that you will spend an eternity in heaven is you need to realize that you're a sinner. You see, if you don't realize that you're a sinner, you will not recognize your need for a savior. In fact, that's another thing that all of us in this room have in common. The Bible says that we all have this sin problem, don't we? (laughs) We all have sin, scripture says, and we fall short of the glory of God. Furthermore, how do you know that you will spend an eternity in heaven? Scripture says that you must repent of your sins. Now, this idea of repentance, it's an old English word that describes a willingness. I said a willingness to turn from your sinful issue, your sin heart, and you turn towards Jesus Christ. It literally means that you make a complete U-turn on the road of life. There's a change of heart. There is a change of mind that takes place in a person when they repent. And can I just tell you something? It's hard for me sometimes. I'll be honest with you. I'm not judging, but it's hard for me sometimes to know whether or not someone really has repented of their sins. Because so many of us are like a dog returning to its vomit. And we've really not had a repentance take place in our lives. A change of heart. And a change of mind. You see, when I repent, it means that, that, that I'm willing to follow Jesus. Did we not just sing the words to the song? I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. And my fear is that so many of us will sing that word, the words to that song. And, and in about 15 minutes when we leave here, we're going to forget it. And some of us will turn back this week. And we'll forget it. Jesus said, repent and believe the good news. And, and, and finally, how do I know? How do I know I'm, uh, that, 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 that I will spend an eternity in heaven? I've got to demonstrate true belief in Jesus and receive him. You see, to truly receive is to trust in and to depend on Jesus Christ alone to be the Lord of our lives and to be the Savior of our eternity. It takes more than knowledge. 
You know, the devil knows about Jesus, doesn't he? And he trembles. He knows about Jesus. So it takes more than knowledge. It, 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 it takes more than, than an agreement that the knowledge we have is accurate. I mean, even the devil agrees that Jesus is Lord. What it takes for you is to trust. I will trust in you alone. We're just saying that. It's gonna require trust in Christ alone for eternal life. You see, the requirements for eternal life are not based on what you can do, but it's based on what Christ has done. He stands ready to exchange his perfection for your imperfection. So according to Jesus Christ, those who realize that they are sinners, those who repent of their sins and receive him as Lord and Savior, they are born again. And it's not a physical birth. It's a spiritual birth. You're made new. If any man or woman is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away and all things become new. So eternity, it's a big deal. We need to believe, go back to that first slide if we can. We need to believe that there is a heaven and a hell and that Jesus will return to judge all people and to establish his kingdom here on earth. Hey, church, listen. You don't have to go to hell. Heaven can be yours. Today, we want to give you an opportunity to nail down eternity. In fact, I want to ask you, would you just stand with me today if you don't mind? And, and I, I want to ask our prayer and ministry team to, to make themselves. Go ahead, prayer and ministry team. Would you guys just make yourselves available down front? Pastor Robert, would you come and join me on the platform this morning? I want to get you to pray a prayer over us if you don't mind. Listen, can't let you leave here today without nailing down your eternity. Where will you spend it? Do you know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? Have you said yes to him? Have you truly repented of your sins? You've made that U-turn. You're allowing him to change your heart and your mind. Have you said yes to Jesus and you trust in him alone? If you haven't done that, don't put it off. Don't put it off any longer. you to come on down as we pray. We're all going to have our eyes closed, our heads down, but the Lord's calling you. I want you to come on down. The Lord has something for you. That means he has life. No longer walking in darkness, but to draw that line in the sand and say, I want to know without a doubt if I was to die today where I would spend eternity. You can do that today. You can lay your head down on your pillow tonight and have peace in your heart saying, I am God's child of what I have decided to do. So come as we pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for this path to 
salvation that you've given us. It is a path that took great sacrifice for you. It meant death on the cross. You didn't deserve it. Jesus, you didn't do a thing, but because of your love for us, even though we hadn't made a decision for you, you died and demonstrated your love for us. So we pray, Lord, that if anyone is in here tonight, even if they really are yours and they don't know, your word says that we should know if we are your child. So I pray that today that would be nailed down if it's not. And Lord, if there is someone out there that knows and you're drawing their heart, Lord, I pray that you would soften them and that they would come today and grab hold of life. We love you, Lord. We thank you for this chance. In Jesus' name.